What's good, everybody? Minds Like Minds podcast here. We're back. I uh, got Deshaun the Definition, my, my co-host What's here. What's happening? I'm your host, R.L. Melpica. And, uh, man, <clears throat> really excited to have a special guest, Miss Ashley Caballero, mental health advocate from Sparkle Mental Health Connection. What is up, Ashley? Hey, nothing. Just, you know chilling in 2020 and <laughs> being to myself in my apartment and my cozies all the time and just making the best out of, you know, a very interesting time. <laughs> to right say the on. least, right? As positive as possible. <laughs> right, right We're not going to call it a dumpster fire. We're right. not going to do any of that. We're just going to, you know, it is what it is. Focus on the positives, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> In any way that we can. Try, try to. Freebirds and Chipotle have free delivery this week. Okay. So that is a positive that I am going to run with. Well, let's you start. Let's know. start there. I mean, what do you like better, Freebirds <laughs> or Chipotle? It just really depends on what day it is. I trust Chipotle more because I know when they make my order, they make it like the same every time okay consistent and free birds i order it's either like my bowl is either like half full or like full full <laughs> so it's like i just never really know what i'm gonna get but so it's kind of you know it's kind of iffy sometimes but that's, i had free birds for dinner tonight <laughs> so it was yummy that's a tough one but I, I like them both um I like them both. I, it took me a while to get on to Chipotle because I was definitely free birds over Chipotle, but I can, I can, I can dig both of them. What about you, Deshaun? You guy or a bowl guy? Though? I, I, uh, I, I never really, I think I may have ate free birds once. I was kind of like a Chipotle guy. Yeah. You know, and then I got older and Chipotle just don't really. Well, it's differently. <laughs> yes. Mm-mm. Well, uh, see, for me, you asked if I was a burrito, a burrito or a bowl guy. I like them both, but at Freebirds, I get a I get a burrito. At Chipotle, okay. I get a bowl, and it's changed for me. Like, I don't eat meat anymore, but when I used to eat meat, I could not do Chipotle at all. Yeah. But uh, now that I'm a vegetarian, I can do I can do Chipotle. Right, those like fajita mm. veggies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know that you know they cooked in meat and meat fat, right? What meat? Chipotle don't have meat for me. They don't have Ch- beyond Chipo- meat or anything like that. No, I'm talking about it's cooking in real chicken stock. Why well, don't be vegetables. don't be ruining my Chipotle for me, dog? <laughs> <laughs> Ignorance is like, bliss, oh, brother. No, nah, I'm just I'm just bullshit. <laughs> I'm just he was like, I was like, excuse me. Oh, no, you're good. Mine's like mine's podcast. Uh, anyone watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your lower right hand corner. Uh, we drop videos and podcasts every single week. We talk spirituality, mindfulness, social issues, and of course, mental health. Uh, how, how, Ashley, tell, tell us about your holidays. How they've been so far. I mean, it's so stressful, right? Because, like, I'll go to, like, the grocery store, and I'm like, oh, I'll just go and get, you know, some milk and some cereal or whatever, and I'm there, and then, like, some four-year-old coughs on me, and I'm like, I don't get to see my family for a month. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, and then all that anxiety sits in of, like, oh, am I sick? Am I not sick? Am I a carrier of COVID? Like, and so... I think the holidays are already like very stressful just in general. Oh yeah, most definitely. 
right? Like I'm, I just, you know, there's a lot there and then right. you want to put that extra layer of everything that's going on globally right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stay in my little corner of the world mm. and hope for the best and just, you know, wash my hands constantly. So the holidays, I'm excited about Christmas. Christmas is my favorite. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving, I mean, we just like we just eat in the living room. We don't really do anything. And right. So I had actually had kidney stones on Thanksgiving. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my god! I'm gosh. so sorry to hear that. It's awful. I mean, never in my life. It was terrible. So my Thanksgiving, I ate for four minutes with my family at the table very briefly. And then I went to my mom's bed and I slept for like two hours. Oh, I bet. Oh, no. Yeah. Those kidney stones are mean. I mean, and I thought I had passed it right because I really started feeling better. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I have all this energy like a <laughs> right? week later. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then like two Sundays ago, I like fell to the floor at 1030 at night, like screaming. I had to go to the ER again mm. and. They're like, oh, man, you almost passed it. I was like, what do you mean I almost passed it? Mm. I've been doing this for two weeks, and Oof. so I passed it. And so hopefully there's, you know, I don't have to deal with that for a while ever not. again. Oof, oof, oof. So, 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 so I had, I had a, a couple of baths. I think maybe two, yeah, probably about two different baths with kidney stones. Oh, my gosh. Like, like the first time was was like it was like diet based like right i was right. i was i was eating a lot of i was taking a lot of protein okay and so i guess my body wasn't filtering it out enough mm -hmm. so it gave me a kidney stone mm -hmm. worst pain i've ever felt in my life and 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 you know it's almost like the process you could feel it you coming can feel from it moving back. Mm -hmm. yeah nice. And it's, it's like it's uh, just well, you know, and it's just traveling around the old this side, or it's traveling around this old side, and and you think like, damn, I got I got tubes and all that kind of stuff, and you know, it's turn oh, oh. by the time we get to where it's to, it's supposed to be, you like passed out, like yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was like, mom, I'm gonna die. This is it. I'm not no. gonna survive. I love you. Like oh, I was sure. No. I was sure. You thought it was, that was it. Was it huh? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. It makes Absolutely. you feel like because you you don't know what's going on. Well, and then so I went to the emergency room the night before Thanksgiving, the first time, and they gave me like you know like an IV, did the pain meds, and I was like, oh okay, Whew, I feel so much better now. Right. You know, I can breathe again. And then the second time I went. They gave me, they had to give me like four different pain medications through an IV and like none of them worked. Wow. So I looked at my mom and, I was like, and I'm like screaming right in the bed, like something is really wrong. I love you so much. Uh. I'm not going to make it. Like I, it was so bad. And then they, you know, they gave me another one. I was fine. And, you know, three days later I passed it. But, oh, yeah, it's awful. I had them probably five, six years ago for the first time. I've never experienced anything like that. Mm. And, but they were too big for me to pass. So I ended up being hospitalized for like six days. Mm, mm. And I was pain meds the whole time, right? So I didn't feel anything. <laughs> but this was like two weeks worth of like it moving. And I was like, mm. this, I would. And they're like, oh, it's worse than childbirth. And I was like, oh, I got that in the bag then. Let's do it. <laughs> like, so it was, the holidays are, you know, I'm excited to actually be like 
conscious for the Christmas with my family instead of like sleeping. So that'll be nice. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So tell tell us about and everybody out there listening um, about Sparkle <clears throat> Mental Health Connection. Yeah, um, it's my passion project, my little baby. Um, so about is it 2020, five years ago, um, almost six years ago now, we lost my dad. Um, he was really sick while I was growing up in and out of the hospital. Um, he ended up taking his life in February of 2015. Um, and I think, you know, I was at that point, I was 21 when he passed away and it was very, um, you know, like those, those moments that you see on TV mm-hmm. where it's like, you're like watching it and you're like, Oh God that has to, there's like, that sucks. There's no way I could ever do that. And then you're like living a moment like that. And you're like this, I'm dreaming. Like it was very much like that where I just like, I don't think I processed anything being real and like it had actually happened until probably like months later. Um, like kind of like I was just in this like weird trance and I couldn't get out of it. Like I was just like in this mirrored world and it was totally bizarre. And, um, I don't know. I got on Facebook one day and I made some like really long and sad video of like of me crying for like 15, 20 minutes, like talking about like, you know, this isn't fair. This is happening to people's families all around the world. Like, and I, at the time when I made that, I was in this place where I was in such a dark pit that I, I didn't see myself getting out of it, but on the other side of it. Right. So I was dealing with all my issues, but on the other side of that, I was dealing with, I like couldn't under process why he would do that to me. Like I felt so like, you know, it was about me. He didn't want me, which was my own issues. So it was really interesting how it all mirrored everything. And I was able to, I think that kept me back from processing everything for so long because I didn't really get it until I was in it later on. So at that point I made this video on Facebook and I posted it at like midnight, right? I'm like, no one's going to see this if I post in the middle of the night. Like, I'm just going to post it and no one will ever say anything to me ever again, but I'll feel like I did something good. Um, That was like the furthest thing from the truth. I woke up and had like this like absurd amount of friend requests, all these messages from people I didn't know um, and did know. And there was one lady that I had met very briefly at a Relay for Life event Mm. like years before. Um, And she messaged me and she was like, hey. You know, I thought my kids would understand. I thought they'd be better off. And then I saw your video, so I didn't do it. At that point, I was like, what is she talking? You know, like now I'm like, okay, okay, wow. But at that point, I was like, what? You didn't do what? What are you talking about? And she was like, I was going to take my life last night, but I saw your video and I didn't. And that was such a moment for me. like, Like, this is a woman who has two beautiful children who, you know, on the outside looks like she has everything together and from Facebook and all of that. And I don't know her, but all it took was me just talking about the fact that I had issues and that I had something that I was dealing with and my family was dealing with and that helped her, you know, that was something I was supposed to do. So she could see that in the middle of the night. And so that point I, it was like the idea in my head at that point was like a photo series because I did photography back then. I was like, I'll, it'll just be a photo series. I don't really know what it'll be. I just know I want, I wanted something like God put this amazing um, vision on my heart and in my life. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where it's going, but I know I want it to go somewhere to help people. Um, 
And then I got that message and I called my mom and I was like, okay, new plan, new plan. It's a nonprofit. We have a nonprofit. We're going to do paperwork. We're going to raise awareness. I mean, it might not be a lot of awareness, but like at this point, any of it helps. Like for me just to post some video crying on Facebook, like this saved one person and her two children, Yes. you know, who were tiny, six, seven years old, and they're, they're going to get to have a mom now. So it was like, okay, we have to do this. And so that was in, God, that was in November. I think by that time we had nonprofit status by mid November that year. And then I, you know, I still don't know. I knew it was a photo series. So I started with the photo series and it turned into people basically sharing their stories, their mental health experiences on a platform um, that we provided. And it was just like, Hey, you've experienced something, you have a diagnosis or you don't like, let's talk about it. Right. Because when you share your story, you're giving the people around you to share theirs, like permission to share their story. And that's massive. That creates yeah, a safe space. That's huge. <clears throat> that's huge. That does um, create really? trust, you know. One hundred percent. To uh, be able to open up your, to be able to open yourself up, and to express that, and mm-hmm. be, you know, transparent. You know, that's... absolutely. And we had like, I think it was like March, and I was like, okay, mom, you know, we're gonna have a benefit concert. <laughs> And at this point, like I had worked at this small little hole in the restaurant in Keller and she's like, where are we having it? And I was like, La Casita. She was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I already got it approved. Oh, like, wow. she's like, well, what musicians do you have? I was like, I don't have any, you know, <laughs> like, so then I planned this whole event in like <clears throat> four weeks, five weeks. I had nine local musicians that just volunteered their time and their talent. And it was mm. Before that day, on that day, we had we had like posters made. It was like so exciting and draining. And my mom that day, she pulled me aside before we left. She said, "Hey, look, I'm so proud of you. This is amazing what you've done. But like, I don't want you to be totally discouraged if we don't make more than like three hundred dollars." I was like, "Whoa, three hundred dollars! <laughs> that's amazing, you know." And that's that's incredible. Wow, if we made three hundred dollars. So at this point, I'm just like. I don't care. I just want people to like have a safe space to be in and have a community. And, sure. you know, yeah. if, if we tell the community, Hey, we're going to have a concert that talks about mental health awareness, like AKA we're promoting to each other to live in a community. That's a safe space. You know, that's, so that's what that's saying. And we had like, that was like the busiest night that restaurant had ever had. Wow. Um, the most money that mess restaurant ever made was that night. We made more than $300 you know, off t-shirts, like just like t-shirts that we, that I came up with one night and it was, it was a really big deal. And I think that, that minute I was like, okay, like we're doing this, doing this. Like, I mean, we're grassroots, we're homegrown. We are, I mean, 90% of everything that Sparkle does is an idea that is made at the desk or, you know, in my bedroom or in my apartment. And, you know, it's the greatest thing. I'm, and I'm so thankful and we've been able to help so many people you know, and it's not even about like, and we're so young too. So we're only five years old. And at this point I'm like, we can do anything. Right. We don't have a ton of money, have a ton of funds, but like, I don't care. Like, because it's like through the only thing that's gotten us this far into it has been just the community. Like living in a community, right. That is so willing to be a part of something that they're wanting to donate their time to make something happen for each other. And that is like, just so incredibly magical to me. And like, wonderful so yeah sparkle is my passion project and i mean 
we believe in fighting hopelessness with honesty. So like just being honest with yourself and with your people and just hoping that that creates, you know, some community. And I've always said like, you know, you connect through your weaknesses, but you lead through your strengths. So like people will see mental health as a weakness, which I don't, I think that's, you know, an extra layer to be able to empathize with somebody that wouldn't be able to do that before. But like, I'm able to connect with just Sean and I just met him. Right. You know what wow. I mean? So we had a conversation about something and now I know that like, Hey, if I need something or Hey, if he needs something like this is somebody that I can go to now because we have that common ground mm-hmm. of like so. that understanding. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's like powerful mm-hmm. to be able to live in a community like that and to be able to know people that know people that are helping people. So Sparkle is just, I mean, a nonprofit that just hopes that we can help people. Oh, it and is. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I, I think you could take the hope part away from it because you're 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 yeah. doing it. You're at you're living it. Thanks for sure. I get right so on. excited. People right are like, "Wow, oh, thank you so much!" And like, "Thank you." No, I mean that's so. I, that's I mean it's 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 amazing. It really is. It's an amazing story. Thank you for obviously sharing it. Um, Absolutely. I know it's you know it's probably not the easiest thing to talk about all the time. Um, so thank you for being transparent. Absolutely. Um, yes, indeed. Thank you very much. I think the Absolutely. biggest, the 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 most inspirational thing that you know I think about when I think of Sparkle is the platform aspect because so many people are undiagnosed or or know they're going through mm-hmm. something and they don't know which way to turn or maybe they're oh. embarrassed to do it um, or there's a stigma attached to attached to it. And to have a platform like that is is so important because it's energy, right? Energy expands uh, absolutely collectively, and 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 like minds, like like minds, you know, like the name mm-hmm. of the the podcast. And right. you know, if I'm dealing with something, and I know that, like you just talked about, I I know that yeah. you might be going through something, and that we could talk about it together, and then that two becomes four, becomes eight, becomes sixteen, absolutely. and so on and so on, and then that it ends up being a, a beautiful thing and so healing ultimately mm-hmm. so healing for for everybody involved right and that's something that's like our like our slogan right is like sparking a conversation nice so it's like that's where that's where all the power lies in everything and yeah. that's like you know like one in i mean that's the statistic is one in four individuals silently suffer from mental illness yep that's just silently. That's not people who like are diagnosed right. and like know they have stuff going on. That is people that have no idea. They have no clue that their normal isn't normal. Right. You know what I mean? That yeah. their normal isn't what they like that, like that feeling of like that constant anxiety and all of that. That's just all they've known their whole lives. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not, that's all chemistry. Like that's not how you're like, that's just a chemistry makeup. Which is like great because that's who they are, but at the same time, like there are resources that can help you overcome whatever that ain't like social anxiety. People have anxiety yeah. about driving, like yeah. you know whatever it may be. <laughs> yes, me too. I can't yeah. drive in the dark, I like, and I think like I know, I know I like just can't really see just in general. Like I right. my vision's kind of crap, yeah. but I think that that's anxiety <laughs> around it, yeah, yes, my that anxiety around it makes me see less. If that makes any sense, like I For think sure. it's all <laughs> mental. Yeah, where I'm like, nope. It's is the sun is down. I am inside my house. Like if I need something, I don't need it that bad. No, I, I, I deal with that. Some, like I live out in the country now. So 
Um, mm-hmm. There ain't no lights. The only yeah, lights are, are from your car. <laughs> you can, so and it, yeah, and even though I could have my high beams yeah. on, it doesn't matter. Like I'm up on the steering wheel like an old lady, you know what I'm saying? And just like, just eyes wide open, making right. sure that I'm, I'm, even though, you know, it's the same lane, it's the same road I drive all the time, oh, it doesn't you know, matter. doesn't matter. Something is in that road that was not there before. <laughs> Absolutely. There's just no way there's not. So I, I get it. But I think like growing up as a kid, right? Like I had all this weird, like trauma as a child. Um, that wasn't, had nothing to do with like my upbringing and had not like, my parents were wonderful. Like I had a great childhood. Like I had loving, you know, loving family, all these things, but like my parents were really sick growing up. So I took, as the youngest, I took that caretaker role on of like being on, I'm going to the, like, I went to diocese with my dad, like just all these different things that built me up as a kid that kids are supposed to be dealing with. And so thinking, you know, 13, 14, Oh, I'm miserable, but that's all I know. Right. And I did, I, that's literally all I knew. So it was like, I didn't talk to anybody about it because I didn't know I could, you know? So then it goes back to like education and like in the schools and it's like, we don't, we're not talking about suicide awareness. You know, we might have a seminar like once a year, right? but like no one's talking about like, Hey, if you feel like this, that's like a red flag. Like no one, no, we don't have, teachers weren't allowed to have those conversations growing up, you know? And now it's so prevalent because like, right. Social media Mm -hmm. and like TikTok, like what we were talking about, like it is everywhere. And it's like the constant comparison game, comparing yourself to everyone else around you is just, that creates, I mean, I'm 27 years old and I know better. And then I'll get on Instagram and I'm like, that is a dangerous game. Like just being on, you know, just in social media in general. Oh yeah. Like just all that anxiety of like taking your life and putting it next to someone else's, which will, you know, is a trigger for a lot of people. And it just, it'll just cause you to spiral. So it just goes back to that. It's like, I had what I thought mm. was my childhood and because I didn't, you know, or all these different things happened that because of those things that led me to start self-harming in high school, which led me to not do well in college which is why I flunked out of college, which is why, you know, I had a suicide attempt. Like, so all these different things, you know, and you don't ever want to use them as excuses or like crutches, but at the same time, it's like, if there's not a conversation around the fact that you can go talk to somebody or, and your teachers and your, you know, whoever it is, people around you aren't encouraging you to take care of yourself, like mentally, like what are we doing as a society at that point? You know, and it's, it's, it's terrifying, right? It's, it's so scary. And that's where, you know, a lot of conversation comes into play along the lines of how much is it by design? And and the reason I say that is because you brought up school and, and, and Deshaun, you brought up childhood traumas, you know, earlier before we even went out on the air and I want to hear your side of it too. Um, but when we live in this era with social media, with comparison, with the ID ideology of validation, I have to validate Absolutely. myself. And the only way I can validate myself is by how many likes or how many followers or how many, right. you know what I'm saying, comments are on my post and whatnot. Um, you would think they would have things in place in school for kids coming mm-hmm. up because, I mean, it's 
like mental health. I mean, that's that's your that's your mind. That's your lively. Like that's who you are. That's who you're with every single day. That's if that's not the most important aspect of your life, then honestly, I don't know what is. So the fact that, you know, I say it all the time, there should be meditation in school to to, to teach kids, you know, how just the idea of it to be able to separate themselves from right. everything externally. Uh, there should be more awareness. There should be more mm-hmm. seminars. There should be more curriculum based on it. Right. And more knowledge because, you know, if you're, yeah, like you say, if you're 13, 14 years old and you're dealing with something and you don't really know what it is because you've never right. been told about it, never been taught about it, your parents may have ne- obviously have never been really taught about it or, or, mm-hmm. or look at it like a, like a negative thing, you know, or, right. or make you feel bad because you might feel depressed. You know what I'm saying? Then, then how do we how do we expect our children and 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 the young people in this world to grow up and be able to tackle these quote unquote demons right. that they're dealing with? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so tricky too because like like we were talking about before we started right, like generational trauma, mm-hmm. and that like lit- like literally, I was saying I was telling them earlier, like like if something happened to me as a kid, right, and I never went to therapy and I never processed that through. Like that chemically changed my brain. Like it chemically shifted things in my brain enough to create a trigger, to create some sort of PTSD, whatever that may have been. Right. And I'm never going to deal with it. I'm never going to go to therapy. I'm never going to process it properly. I'm just going to let it sit in my brain in that cute little box that's hiding. And I'm never going to touch it. But then I'm going to have kids one day and because I'm chemically imbalanced at that point, that's going to cause them to be the same way. Right. And they're not going to know why. I mean, what did I, what did I say earlier? Genetics loads the gun environment pulls the trigger. It's the same thing. And that's what, that's what's so I think important. People don't, people don't understand that. Oh, I'm fine. Nothing bad's ever happened to me. Nothing bad has to happen to you. Like you can be, have a perfect life in a perfect world, you know, with no debt, whatever it may be, and still not realize why you're feeling a certain way. Mm. I think people have this idea around mental health that you have to have some big traumatic event happen to you in order to be sick or have an illness or a diagnosis. Oh, nothing bad's ever happened. Oh, whatever. I'm like, it doesn't, like mental health does not care who you are. No. It doesn't care how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't care like who you go to bed with at night. It doesn't care like what big house you big small house you live in. It does not give a crap. Like and people do. I think that's where people get so lost at it is like they do not understand that quite literally. Like you can be walking around and just one day you're just not fine anymore. And mm. it's all genetics. It's all chemical. All of it. Wow. So, and, so like, like when it get up, oh, like, like when it gets to that point where, where it's a chemical imbalance, mm-hmm. right? And and we don't really know what a, ke- a chemical imbalance is, mm-hmm. other than, right. well, maybe sometimes this person is lashing out, or sometimes this person is dealing with a situation, right? Um, in a in a, in a way that 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 doesn't normally seem normal. Mm-hmm. You, you did you did so so it's like how do you identify right how do you how do you I think um touch, that's touch what's that? so how do you how do you figure it out that's, I think that's what's so tricky too right is that like 
I think that go, that's where it all gets tied back into conversation. And like, unless you have, you can relate to someone else in a sense like that. And that's where having a community comes in. And that's that. And I think it's so tough too, because you think about like, think about all these like low income neighborhoods, right. Who, I mean, like those neighborhoods, majority of the time, 80% of the time are built off of trauma and that's what they know. And that, then that, then that turns into having resources in places like that and not just having resources in big school districts and with, you know, big budgets that goes back to all of that. So it's like, then it turns into like, okay, so we take the question of like, how do we recognize something that we're not sure of into how do we, that's shifted into how do we create resources for people who aren't sure of things, you know? And it's so tough because it's like, for me, right? Like growing up, I knew that something, I knew that I wasn't like everyone else, but I just, I'd never understood why I didn't know where that anxiety came from because my norm, my normal was just being anxious all the time. And like, but it literally, like, it's so interesting. So one time, in high school, they we had had a lot of suicides one year in the district. Um, I think by the time it was like February, like before the school year ended, um, we had had like eight or nine suicides just in like the high schools. It was crazy. It was wow. crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what, what high school was this? Uh, it was in Keller, the Keller School District. Keller. It was through all the high schools. Mm-hmm. Wow. There was a lot. We had had a seminar that year, everything. And the... We had to have, they came to our class and they, we had to take some survey and the questions were just so like absurd. I, the more I think about it now as an adult, I'm like, this was so silly. And it hmm. was like, um, what kind of day are you having? Uh, I don't know. Just like one of the questions was like, have you ever thought about what it would be like if you weren't here? And I'm like, I'm 16. I think about that all the time. Like I have hormones rushing through me. Like that's all I think about like is not being here. Right. And then it's like, you think the world would be better off without you. And I'm like, mm, yeah. Right. So like, I'm answering these questions truthfully. Cause that's all I know. Right. And at the same time, all this stuff's going on at home and like, they called me down like, right. And th- something about like public shame just in general, right. is traumatizing. Mm. And yeah. they're like, Hey, Ashley Caballero, can you please come to the principal's office or to the counselor's office or whatever over the intercom? <laughs> So I went, I marched my happy ass down there and, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, we want to talk about your survey. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. But like, I'm going to be totally real with you because like, I'm miserable. Like my dad's in the hospital. My mom has cancer. Like I, my sister's away at school. Like, what do you want from me? You know, I'm 16. Like I'm already, I mean, I'm 16. Like I'm already a teenager. Like, of course I'm depressed and anxious. Like I'm 16. I'm a teenager. And you know, they're like, well, we're going to have to call your parents. I'm like, call them. They're not going to answer. They're sleeping. Like they're on medication. Like call them, you know, and like, okay, well, we'll follow up. And they never followed up. Oh, wow. There was never a follow up ever, which was like, okay. Right. Cause I was like, fine. But at the same time, I'm like, had that been another kid? Yeah. In retrospect. That, right. That yeah. wasn't fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and these are like our schools and our educators. Yep. Listen, and the only, no, go ahead. The only other time I'd ever gone to the counselor's office, right, was, like, for, like, your schedule. Or, like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Ashley? And I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, it was never, let's talk about what you're going through. Let's talk about your feelings. Let's create a conversation. And I just, like, 
how do you recognize something in somebody when they can't even recognize it in themselves? And that's just like a massive question because like, I don't even have an answer to it. It comes down to, you know, educating the educator and it just shows that the resources were not put in place at that time. And I don't even know if they're put in place now, honestly. Well, that's, that's so, that's like a, like, that's like a slip thing too, right? Is like, how do you get ahead of it? Yeah. How do you get ahead of that without, you know, running over what we already have and creating that foundation for it? Because I really think it all goes back to just like, and like instilling in the, like the next generation. Yeah. We have to. You know, yeah. creating that awareness and creating and like even just like right the millennials, right? Right. Like if let's just say there wasn't any trauma, I like right at age I'm twenty seven, I didn't have any trauma growing up. Like like political trauma, like nine eleven. Yeah. I will have nightmares about that for the rest of my life. Like I will have nightmares about planes flying into buildings for the rest of my life. Because I was like in the third grade when that happened. Yeah. You know, and think about these kids now, like Gen Z or whatever it is, this next generation. Mm-hmm. They're like, like in turning on the news now or like in June, right? With all the marches, all the Black Lives Matter stuff, all like just everything. That was, that was intense. That was a lot. But it was a conversation we had to have. And then it goes, but that's, that's just political trauma though. So it's like, you know, we don't have no generational traumas knocked off. Situational traumas knocked off. Political trauma, like we all go through that. We all have cable. We all have social media. We can see what's going on in the world. And that is scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then when you have when you have um, a, a media platform that is there to build up and make it make it even worse than it really is. Fear mongering, right. because that's how they <laughs> make money. Uh, at the expense of the people, you know what I'm saying? Right, like clickbait, all those things. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Let me let me throw out a headline that says something crazy like, uh, "Well, COVID is now uh, somebody got COVID from drinking a Pepsi." Somebody sees that, they go nuts. Oh shit! I drank a Pepsi last week. I I, I just drank a Pepsi, but then you click the article and it's you know it's something completely it's different. something entirely different. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's it's our society is built to produce. Mm-hmm individuals who have mental health issues it just is yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's it it just is everything's a competition uh social media has taken over the in, entire country shit the entire planet honestly yeah. um it's it's built that way it's all, all yeah. by design and there are things all that they can put in place but it's just not there because at the end of the day and i, and I want to get to this with you because this is a huge aspect of mental health is um the me- the medicine aspect because big pharma big pharma yeah is a beast and beast. there's a new drug that hits the streets damn near every day so they mm-hmm. there's a lot of money in 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 depression pills antidepressants mm-hmm. a lot of money a it lot is. of money in and in, in the whole the whole opioid crisis pain pain meds all that shit i was on um a ptsd medication called latuda and it was wonderful okay and i will you know i'll be the first person to tell you like if medicine works medicine works some people need medicine some people don't like you know that's all there is to it but i was on i'm i'm medication free now after you know four years and i worked really hard to get there but i was on a medication called latuda with and with insurance mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. sitting at like i don't know 36 bucks a month doable right. for me yeah okay without insurance that medication was 1400 dollars a month <laughs> 
for a PTSD medication. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, and it was just, and I think that was like a moment for me. And I was like, that's, that is, that is wrong. It is wrong on so many levels. And it was just like, I mean, and there's people, people, you know, like people think PTSD and they think like, oh, okay, people who have been away, you know, on the, on the field and, you know, on the services and, you know, and that's like a huge, and you're going to tell me that somebody's going to be on VA and have a $1,400 prescription, like from VA, like, and that's just one of those things where it's just like, it is just like this society built off, you know, eager money and all of that. And it's just, it's all it is. And it is, it is so sad. And I had a doctor one time at this office and it was, it was a crap show. And, um, (laughs) I was having lots of anxiety like I normally do, but the anxiety was tied into the depression because I was depressed. I was anxious, but because I was anxious, I was depressed. I wasn't doing anything, but then I was upset that I wasn't doing anything, you know, and it was just real manic. And, um, he put me on this medication called gabapentin. Um, which again, I think works for a lot of people did not really do anything for me. Um, so every time I go back to the doctor, he'd be like, okay, so, you know, tell me about your living situation and who do you live with and what do you do for work? You know, just getting to know you. And, but at this point in time, I'd seen him like seven times mm. and every time he had no idea who I was oh, and every wow. time he's like, oh, you're on God pit. And that's right. Okay. Well, you know, you're taking two a day. Let's take four a day. And I'm like taking them. And I'm a zombie throughout my whole day. I'm going to work. I'm driving home. You know, I'm, I'm, I can't even tell you what happened during that four months Wow. because I was, I was somewhere else. And I ended up leaving that doctor because at that point that doctor had been excused from the practice, obviously, mm. right. Shoving pills, shoving pills on people's throats. And I, um, found a new psychiatrist that was one, wonderful, 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 um, and I'm, it was, the, it was the strangest moment. I was sitting in the doctor's office, like in the waiting room, just waiting, you know, just chilling. And I'm watching that show, the doctors on the TV <laughs> Yeah. and wow. it's like next up, you know, the new street drug for, you know, outpatient pain medicine, gabapentin. And I'm like, <laughs> did he just say that? Have I been taking like pain medicine <sighs> this whole time? Wow. You know, that's used for different things, obviously, and has different motives. But, like, have right. I, I just been, like, just, like, doped up this entire time? Like, yep. and then, because the doctor was excused from that practice, I couldn't get refills on anything. Oh. Until I went in to see another doctor. Yeah. So, now I'm two weeks without medication. Mm-hmm. And with coming off those kind of things without supervision is a nightmare. I mean, it's a nightmare just coming off them anyway, because your body's been, you know, used to it. It's it's adjusted to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like sweats. I'm like itching. I'm like puking. I can't see out of my <sighs> eyeballs. My body hurts. Like it was terrible. It was it was like one of those pills that had that you know, the 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 long list of things that be wrong side effects it's, yeah itchy <laughs> elbow effect. runny nose oh blind the most, one like, eye. absurd things in the world you can think of i was like this is it and this is my body because it wants just one pill like i mean and that's you know that's where they get i was taking four of those a day wow. like of course my body was like can we just have one i'm like no you can't have anything because we're out 
you know? Yeah. So it's like, I think that's like, it's like just a double-edged sword medication. And the big pharma is just, it's a beast. That yeah. is like the perfect way to explain it. Just because it's like people, that's like healthcare, yeah. you know? And I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I know enough to know that that is like, I fully believe that healthcare is a right. Like, and for yeah. us to say, like, you don't have enough money, you don't get to sleep tonight or you don't have enough money, you get to have an episode when you go get the grocery store to get mm-hmm. groceries for your kids. Like, that mm-hmm. that sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks so bad. Yeah. So. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that you, you know, someone could have a sickness or even some type of, you know, devastating um, incident or something like that, mm-hmm. some type of tragedy, and literally not only they have to deal with the tragedy of the sickness, but the financial backlash that they're going to get hit with you know, from right. some, I don't know, $120,000 medical bill because they had to stay in the hospital for a week and a half or something along yeah. those lines. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh, outrageous. Big farmers out it's of control. It is, it is a nightmare. Um, but one, one, one other thing with big pharma is who big pharma is in bed with also. Yeah. Yes. You know, how it's it's oh it's a menage a trois fuckery going on. <laughs> I don't think I don't think people think about that either though. You know what I mean? Like because if I think about it too long, my head really starts to hurt. Yeah. Like because it's just it's just so much bigger than me and anything else. But mm-hmm. I really just don't think people think that much into it. And I'm just like that's the problem. Hello? That is hello. The, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the problem. They are literally profiting off the fact that we're sick. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Wow. To, to, to put it in its most wow. basic form. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. The most like which should be the most humane thing. Like, you know, before capitalism and all this craziness, you know, a doctor, you know, was such a prestigious position because they were the helpers, the healers of the world. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just like with anything, once greed and corruption seeps in. Yeah. It only takes like one, like right, one bad egg. Like enough. Yeah, that's that's what you know, the fault, you know, the fault of, of the human race, you know, honestly. You know, that's uh the that's human when we condition. see, you know, like you know, they say uh well a, a, a customer cured is something lost or some shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like for sure. Well that's um, yeah, that's why they don't give you the cure. They they give you the you know, they they yeah. suppress the symptoms. Uh-huh, they don't really uh-huh. cure much of anything. They can't even cure right, a cold. Right. Think about it. They can't cure a yeah. cold, but they'll give a you common, they'll give you something. A common mm-hmm. cold. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Ultimately, it is. Um, it, with the whole, with with mental health being so prevalent and prominent right now, mm-hmm. the fact that you know, it, big pharma takes advantage of that so much. Uh, and you talked about who they're in bed with. All you really have to do is, and like you said, it, it hurts your head when you think about it. And most yeah. people don't. That That's part of the problem with society is that people have been conditioned to literally just follow authority. Like when you grow up, you're told, well, you go to the doctor and whatever the doctor says, that's that's, that, that's, that's gospel. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's no, no questions asked. Not, no questions. Don't, don't. You know, now that we have shit, I mean, think about before the internet was out there. If you wanted to really research something, you got to go to the library, get encyclopedias. Uh, encyclopedias. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and some people probably listen to like, what the fuck is an encyclopedia? 
exactly. that? Yeah. What's a library? Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But well, nowadays, I mean, we're in the infra- I mean, you could jump on Google. You could you could have looked up. You know, you could look up the those prescription uh, pill, p- pain meds that they were giving mm-hmm. you. You could look up everything. You could get the side effects. You could jump in some forums. You can do all of that and and help okay. yourself make educated decisions yes. with your body. It's yeah. not the doctor's body. It's your mm-hmm. body. Right, and then there's that level of trust that's been like instilled in us to just yes. like, oh, it's a doctor. You trust them. Yep. Yeah. Right. And I feel, I feel like, you know, 75% of them, you, you can, but right. There's just those few everywhere that you just like, you can't. And wow. that's one of those things where you just have to be on your game all the time. Yeah. And everything that you do, like I, I learned that the hard way growing up, you know what I mean? Especially, mm-hmm. especially going to all these psychiatrists and these doctors and it's like, do your research. Like, and that's coming from somebody who's been on, been on plenty of antidepressants and anxiety pills. I have been hospitalized for a suicide attempt, like, you know, all these different things. And it's like, you have to do your research in literally everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not even, I mean, like research on the internet for sure, but like, right, there's so many sources on the internet, what's true and what's not. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, talk to people that you know, talk to people that they know, do whatever you have to do. But it's like, if you have a feeling about something, you better listen to that feeling. Yes. Because yes. Yes. You hit that on the head right your spirit, there. Your spirit yeah. guide. <laughs> your oh, intuition oh, oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. One, one of them anyway. Yeah. Right. There is a reason that you feel that there yes. is entirely a reason that your gut is like, we don't like that. Yeah. And I mean, if I, if I would have walked into that doctor's office after the first appointment and walked out knowing that I didn't like that guy, which I did. And I didn't right. do anything about it because it was easy and I trusted him and he was a doctor and he was educated, yep. you know, to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, yep. it, it just like, you have to listen to your gut. And that's what, and that's with anything, right? For that's sure. in, that's like with anything you do with like the food in the fridge, like, you know, like that bag of lettuce that's been sitting there for four days that you're not going to eat, like just throw it away. My, my, the same way. It, it is the same thing. And I just think Man. people just like take everything, you know, for like face value and you just like, can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you can't. my, that, my favorite line, my famous line is if you can't trust everything, you have to question everything. So if, yeah. if you can't say, if you can't say, if you can't look in the mirror, you can't say a hundred percent of the time a doctor is going to be right. Well, then you need to question it every single time, right? every yeah. single time. And, and ask questions. I mean, doctors will answer you. Some of them might get mad, Absolutely. but ask them questions yeah. like, hey, you know, why? You know, why why, why should I do this? Well, because right. blah, 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 blah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out, but at least that makes sense. But don't just take their word as gospel, walk away and, you know. And, and that, I mean, and that doesn't even go back to somebody being like, you know, saying something out of malice. It just goes back no. to somebody like every situation is so different. Right. Everybody is so, such an individual that like, just because a medication works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Right. Mm. Right. So it's wow. like, it's like you have to take your symptoms into, you know, into effect. You have to take all those different things and put them in a place where it's like, okay, those rules don't apply to me the same that they did to someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just because it worked, you know, for your neighbor doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And I think that people think that too, like, oh, well, it worked for Betty down the street. And I'm like, well, Betty yeah. down the street doesn't have, you know, diabetes and she doesn't have, <clears throat> you know, high blood pressure. But 
because you do, the treatment plan gets to be different. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think, you know, it even goes back to that. It's like, question, you should question everything. Right. Absolutely. But the the one thing, you know, you're not supposed to question is yourself. Absolutely not. Your gut no. and your intuition is telling something. You better listen to it 100%. And that's, that's, that's another, that's, that's, that's real. Yeah. yeah. That's another issue with people. Some people overthink or they, right. they question yeah. themselves, oh. you know, don't have that, that self-confidence, uh, which mm-hmm. is another, you know, mental, mental health uh, issue as well. Um, actually, I want to get into you a little bit. I want to talk okay. about, um, you know, uh, your mental health history, what you've yeah, been diagnosed absolutely. with, your experience with psychiatrists, uh, psychologists. The, um, life, the list is long. Um, so growing up, right, just kind of awkward, real weird, which whatever. I'm like, I'm okay with all that. That's fine. And then, um, right, I had my parents were really sick growing up. So I was just, that was normal for me just to be present for them, um, which created habits in me that were, you know, not so healthy. Um, I can remember being probably like 14 and like cutting for the first time solely just because like everyone else was doing it. And like, I wanted to know like all the hype was about, you know, and then it turned into, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I don't feel anything up here, but when I do that, I can feel everything. Right. You know? So then it turned into me wanting to, be able to have some sort of coping, you know, my version and healthy version of coping, whatever that looked like. I mean, everybody's so different, you know, and, um, my dad, my dad passed away. That was incredibly traumatic and terrible. And there was a lot of pressing issues that came with that afterwards for myself. And that was in 2015. Um, and then August, 2016, I was in a job that I hated. I lived with a roommate that I just really just didn't, you know, vibe with very well. I never felt more alone in my life ever. And I, you know, was already, I had another point. I already been cutting and I already had like my own stuff that I was not dealing with correctly. Um, making poor choices, just being absolutely careless, reckless, running all the red lights you can think of. Right. Cause if somebody does it for me, I don't have to do it myself. Mm. Um, and then I, ended up attempting to take my life in August of 2016. Um, I ended up in a behavioral center, like a mental health hospital in Arlington uh, for like eight, nine days. Um, There, (laughs) I had wonderful, 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 wonderful doctor and nurses. And I'm just so thankful that I had a genuinely mostly positive experience. Um, And I got diagnosed with major depressive disorder um, generalized anxiety, which I saw that coming from like miles away, um, PTSD, um, I'll just like, just like a touch of OCD, like not enough, right. To clean like my room all the time. And then, um, I have a, I don't really deal with it anymore, but at the time I was really dealing with it, which is like this panic disorder that I was having panic attacks in my sleep. Um, it was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Wow. Like I, yeah, and then um, trichotillomania, which is like when I just like pull my hair out, oh. and I like I don't even realize that I'm doing it half the time because it's just like helping me pass time. Um, and I've struggled with that since I was a kid, and I just I never you know put two and two together. Um, after that, 
I got released from inpatient and then you have to go to like an inpatient program. Right. So you're like out of the hospital, but you're technically still admitted, Mm -hmm. um, even though you're like back at home. So I had to do it's intensive, um, or no PHP. So partial hospitalization program. I had to do that for like, I think six weeks and I had to go four, three or four days a week for six weeks straight. Um, to like group therapy for like four or five hours a day. Um, and then from there you get released from PHP and you get put in IOP, which is intensive outpatient program. Um, and that's two days a week for like three weeks. And then you're totally released from the hospital at that point, even though you're like living at home and stuff. Um, they only release you when you have like a therapist and a psychiatrist on call, like a therapist that you're like seeing, you know, whatever your plan is at that point. Um, so I've been seeing the same therapist since that. And she is the bomb.com. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm so thankful. So, so thankful that I've been able to have such a wonderful, I guess, like team just in my corner, because that's the reason I'm able to be off medication and I'm able to kind of, you know, handle yeah. my life just a little bit more than I did before. And, yeah. um, I had a, you know, a little kind of a sour experience with a psychiatrist, but then transferred and found one that was, you know, also the bomb.com and, um, a nurse practitioner that was very involved in my health plan and just everything. So, um, yeah, it has been a long road, a long, 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 but I think people think like, Oh, so you're better now. And I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) Like I just, I've learned how to cope with my issues a little differently in a healthy way. I have learned how to, um, process the pain in a healthy way. Um, you know, we've taken the self harm, we've turned it into self care. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of moves that have been made and a lot of, you know, insomnia that has been dealt with. And, um, but I'm like the biggest thing I can say as far as that for anyone that's dealing with anything like that is like having a support system around you and it's so hard and right. It's really hard. Like, I think after I had a suicide attempt, it was like, I lost like 900 friends. That's what I felt like, like all my friends fell off. Like all of a sudden I didn't, I had people that I was really, really close with, but I just like, they weren't there anymore all of a sudden. And that was really tough for me. Cause I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why don't they want to, why don't they want to be my friend? Like what, what's that about? And, and you know, then it was the understanding of like, some people just can't handle it. Some people, and that's something to do with anyone else's worth. It just had everything to do with the fact that they just weren't in a place where they could take on that extra, you know, emotional, yeah layer that I presented myself with, which was fine, you know, cause I don't, well, from, I a, only from my corner that. Are, yeah. From a spiritual like, standpoint, yeah. um, you know, like that is like a shedding in a way yes. of the people that, you know, no longer hold a place in, in your life. Yeah. You know, no and longer yes, serve a purpose for yeah. you. Right. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you know, with you doing that and, and obviously you're here now and, and you you actually move forward from that, you know, that, yeah. that was a shedding of the old world, the old life into right. into your new journey. Right. And it was like then, right. It was like just so <clears throat> terrible. But like now I'm like, well, what a blessing, dude. Like because like I just I look back at it now and I had like some friends that I was like so close with. And yeah. I'm like, that was like the most toxic friendship I've ever had. 
the you most know, toxic friends you've ever had. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like as a young adult, you don't realize those things. For you sure. don't realize that like, oh, they're taking advantage of you. Right, oh, right, right. they are treating you poorly in front of people that you love. Mm-hmm. Oh, like whatever it may be, whether it's mm-hmm. like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just like a close friend, like until you're like remove yourself from that situation entirely, you don't get to see how toxic and negative it is until you're in a better mindset to see it. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that is just, I just, you know, I had no idea at that point. And so I'm in a place now where I am just so thankful that I just have like the, the best support system in the world and, you know, a great team of like medical professionals that like, you know, know me very well. And this weekend, um, my boyfriend and I went out of town for like a wedding that we went to, you know, and uh, like just to just, you know, we went, we left, we went back to the hotel and we went home and um, I just had this massive panic attack. Like, mm. and I, I had panic attacks like early COVID um, and I'm like very, you know, very in tune with my panic and um, like, just like something I had not dealt with in such a long time. And right. And then I was like, just mortified that he was having to see me like this. And like this, like very vulnerable state, and right. like I'm like very put together normally, and I'm very like chipper, and like, and he was just like I had just fallen apart entirely, and he's like, "Baby, cry," and I'm like, "I can't cry, I mm. can't," and like I'm I'm pretty sure he held me for like two hours, just like bawling, and I think about that relationship now, and I'm so thankful because you know four or five years ago, I don't think I would have had anybody in my life that would have done that for me. Other than like my mom and my grandma, right, right. That's you know, that's and the friends that I had then were married and they moved away. It was like the people that I was hanging out with. I don't think anybody would have done that. So, I think it's really important, right, to keep everything in perspective as far as like, like you can be in a season and not realize that you're in a season that you need to have, and it's just like nothing's happening, nothing's going on, and I'm like you're growing yes. like, like let the growth happen. <clears throat> like you don't, you don't see it now, but in a year you're going to see it mm-hmm. like, because I didn't see it then I had no idea. But after this weekend, I'm like, Oh, I'm like loved and I am like seen and I am worthy of whatever good thing happens to me. And back then I'm like, no, that's too good. Good things don't happen to me. So it's all about that perspective. And you know, but that was not easy. That was like four years of therapy was like unlearning. It's not even learning coping skills. It's about unlearning everything that you've been conditioned to think and feel. Yeah. yeah. You got to do and it. <laughs> you have to do it. And yeah. it's so hard because it's like old Ashley wants to be like, oh, well, he didn't text me back in five minutes. So he hates me. Like, <laughs> right. Like I have all these like abandonment issues. Right. Right. Like dead dad problems. And I just like, and now I'm like, okay, Ashley, where's the logic? Let's bring the logic back yeah. in. So it's like, you know, on, on days where I'm tired or days where I'm having a bad day, it's, it's hard to kind of get through that and to figure out, okay, like to remind myself that that stuff, that logic is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but that took like years of therapy. And mm-hmm. I think people are like, oh, you're just better. And I'm like, no, I've unlearned everything Put that I've working. taught myself four yeah. years ago. And people just do not, I think that is so terrifying because therapy's hard. Therapy is hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Looking at yourself in the mirror is hard. 
And it's hard. You know, one of the things you brought up is, uh, you know, you have, you said the therapist you have now is just fantastic. And unfortunately, some people, they'll try therapy for the first time. It, they, it won't vibe. That won't, that won't be the right connection. And then they'll never go right. back. They'll, they'll, go they back. will label therapy horrible based on that one experience, right. you know, that solid taste in their mouth. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I've had, like, you know, I, I went to therapy, I think for like, like three times after my dad passed away yeah. and I had this therapist and she was just awful. Mm. I mean, like, and it was like the accountability, like I can hold myself very accountable, but she was like, okay, Ashley, you were going to be here on this day. Right. And I'm like, I'm 22. I will decide that day if I'm going to be there. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need you to like baby, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it was yeah, like yeah. fine, but that's true too, is people like, finding someone that like you can vibe with mm -hmm. and like sit in office within an hour for, you know, once a week right. is that's like time that you're paying for time that you're spending looking at yourself in the mirror. And that is like, it's huge finding somebody that you vibe with. And I think I, I feel so lucky to have had such a positive experience in that, that side of things and like the health, like healthcare workers and all that, because people like sometimes people just aren't that lucky. And, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, you need help. You know that you need to talk to somebody like it sucks, but like you have to do it. Like you have to, because and not, any, not for any reason other than you deserve peace, right? Right. Like you deserve that peace. You deserve not to have nightmares at night. You deserve to be able to sleep through the night. Yeah, you deserve some, not some, have to be a peace of mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where that comes in is people would rather just sit and whatever that is, because it's normal for them versus, you know, deal with something that's hard for a shorter amount of time than it is a longer amount of time. And I think that is just massive. Shout out to everyone uh, listening live right now. A um, couple comments that I want to share real quick. Mimi said that she's uh, Mimi Lynn Honeywell says, I'm glad that you're still here and sharing. That's to you, Ashley, and uh, take the warrior spirit. What she says. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, takes, she said, takes the warrior spirit. My bad. <laughs> um, uh, we're back, everybody. Um, but yes, I, it, that's, it's so important to have that support system. Um, one of the things I talk about, and, and there's, there's one thing I want to get into, which is the stigma um, right. of, of mental health. But before that, you know, just kind of kind of playing off your Sparker Conversation. And that's, that's your mm -hmm. website, spark, sparkerconversation.org, right? Yes. Um, it, it's, so, it's so true because one of the things I say is like, you don't, like we're all in the process of healing from something. Mm -hmm. All of us. And you, you, you got to think of that when you interact with people, you know what right. I mean? You know, don't give, don't give these fake autopilot responses. If you ask someone how they're doing, you know, ask them how they're doing and follow up, right. you know, because, you know, they might give you the, the, the very, you know, the typical, oh, everything's good at first. But if you don't dig deep, if you don't take that extra step, you know, you may not <laughs> understand what's really going on there. You right. know what I'm saying? How many times does somebody, you know, somebody you know, um, die by suicide. Um, and the people around them say, Oh, I never even knew anything was wrong. 
Well, that's yeah. because right. you never took the time to really talk and, and to really mm-hmm. be to really be a friend. So many people are 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 you know so enthralled with listening to themselves talk. They don't ever want to listen. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm yeah. saying. And yeah. the signs are there. They just they're just so focused on themselves. That's where the ego takes over. The ego is right. so much you know uh you know in in control of so many people that they don't even take the time to understand like i take right. i take pride in being a good ear like i would def yeah. i'd rather be a good ear than someone that can give you good advice now i, let, let, I want to hear right. you talk i want to hear what you have to say and then mm-hmm. once once you get everything out then i'll let you know how i'm feeling right i right. feel like that I, f- I feel that too um, i think too like Right. Like, it's like, like you said, like people can't see past themselves, right. To like notice something going on. And I, and that goes back right to my same point that I always have is like education. Yes. And it's like at the same time, like we also have these, you know, individuals who just have no idea. Right. Like what signs are or what to look for or, you know, what, what that means when someone is, you know, saying this is, and that can be a code for something else. You know what I mean? Like whatever it may be, everyone's so different, but yeah, seeing past yourself, but also like knowing what you're looking for. Like, nope. People just have no idea. Like, like I, I I think, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, when you when you when you do ask someone like um, what's wrong with you, or mm-hmm. what's the matter, or what's going on, and then they kind of they kind of clam up, they kind of shut down, and they don't be receptive of what you're trying to say and shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, like why is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, why why is it? I mean, why is it so hard to talk about? But I, I know it's 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 a large amount of variables in, in that in that situation as to why it could be so hard to talk about. Right. But but so many people like when you ask them like, hey, what's going on with you? Or or maybe they just be like, you know, because I know like with me myself, you know, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, I'm fucked up. I'm going through some shit. Um, nobody will ever really know how deep the shit is unless I tell like Ramona no. Right. But that'd be like probably and sometimes I wouldn't even tell him as to how fucked up I am right now or or how how deep how deep I've fallen. You know what I'm saying? Like how dark you feel. Yeah. Like me on a personal level. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like like you know I was explaining to my my oldest daughter like earlier this week about about really being in some dark places. Mm-hmm. Like being in a dark place to to the point where, like you said, you don't you don't see you don't see you getting out of it. So there's really like you know it's really like shit just shit just kind of comes over you and just really kind of like you know just all kind of comes out in different ways and shit. Right. You know? It's so heavy too, and it's like carrying that feeling and not having anybody to share it with is exhausting, you know. And it's it's one of those things where I mean I can understand that entirely too. Where it's like I can remember sitting in my closet, like cutting my leg wide open, you know, on that night, and I can remember like eighty five percent of me just being like, "Do it, just just end it, 
finish it right and just being so overcome with that. And then but the little 15% of me is like in the very back of my brain trying to push past all of that. Like, hello, like, what are you doing? You know, so it's like this weird, very out of body, like feeling that that darkness is and being able to having to carry that is just it's one thing to carry it like and have people that support you and have people that you know you can talk to you but it's a whole different realm of emotion when you're carrying it entirely alone yes and and it's like and then right you've carried it entirely alone right Deshaun like you've carried that and you have that and it's like how do I now have a conversation that have a conversation about that with the people that I love and say that, Hey, this is going on. I'm not doing okay. Yeah. When you've done it alone, you know, and it's, and then it's allowing yourself to break down that wall to allow yourself to be loved and to be helped and to be seen in that darkness. Mm-hmm. Right. Because darkness only exists because light exists. So like if light didn't exist, everything would just be dark all the time. So like knowing that that darkness is you're in that, but that light is available to you if you allow yourself to be, to have it, you know? And it's so tough though, because we live in this society, we talked about this earlier, where it's like, if you have these feelings, you're, you're, you're weak. And, and then you have, right. And then Deshaun, I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to like single you out. We're having this conversation, but it's like, you have, you have kids, you yeah. know? And it's like this, like this stigma in general, of course, right. About being a father. And having to set this example for your children and then being a hundred for your children all the time, you know, and, and like, I don't, I don't have kids. I don't know what that's like, but I have nieces and nephews. And I know that when they're in the room, I don't have problems. I'm not allowed to have issues. And then those aren't even like my children, but then to be a parent and to know that your job, right. Is to take care of your children. Why would you put yourself first? Why would you allow yourself to be taken care of? why would you allow yourself to have an issue in that darkness when your kids are a priority, you know, and that, and that is, I don't even know how to navigate that as a young adult. And I'm going to have children one day who are going to be, you know, the sun and the stars and they're going to do the most amazing things in the world. And I, I don't even know how I'm going to navigate that for myself, you know, and then, and I'm a female, So then Deshaun carries this extra stigma of being a male, right? Being a father, having children, being black. Mm -hmm. So you have all these different layers of he's not allowed to be feeling these feelings out loud. So it's like, then it comes circles back to like, how do we as a community allow him to feel those things out loud where he can have a conversation with people that he loves and cares about, you know? And it's like, I mean, like I said, like, I'm not a parent, but like, I think like you guys rock. I don't know how you, how you put yourself out of an equation, you know, and knowing that your children are your world. Right. Like, and having to create that for them, right. That goodness and the magic of being a kid and however old they are. And like, Hey, bad things happen, but like, it's going to be okay. And it's like, while you're walking through that, yep. that is heavy. That is exhausting. It is every single thing. So like, I, like I said, like, I don't have any sort mm-hmm. 
answer any sort of like, you know, but it's like, I just think you are like the strongest human that you are able to be present for your kids and to still be dealing with the darkness. Right. But like I said, darkness only exists because light exists. Right. right, So like there's another side of it. So you just have to, I mean, like I said, like I'm 27, I don't know anything about anything, you know, but I know enough to know that like you just like that feeling is obviously normal, right? That darkness. Yeah. But it's, that's not all there is. There's so much more outside of that. And like I said, right, like, I can remember being, you know, 20, 24 years old, sitting in my closet, chilling with a box opener. And like, that, that feeling of that heaviness and that darkness that like overtook me entirely. But like, the if I like look back at it now, it's like I'm seeing myself do it. Like that person is a different person. Right. And right, right. I don't realize that too is like when you're having an episode or like seasonal <clears> depression, <throat> like whatever it is, and the minute you're out of it, you're that's like that was like a whole different person. Oh, 100%. that was a different feeling. That was a different everything. I don't know what what that was like, but I'm glad it's over. Yep. You know, sure. people go through these spurts of the mania and the, you know, like I said, like the seasonal, and that's that's so tough. No, I mean, and you you hit it on the head, especially with it's kids. Just like, especially, I, and, that's, <clears throat> and I, that's one thing that I have not been wrapping my head around. My mom is my world, and she is, you know, growing up put everything to the side for us, right. for me, my sister and I. She has literally just like given us everything we could have ever dreamed of as children like you know and i'm so thankful and but during all of that we didn't have any money you know what i mean my parents we had hospital bills and hospital bills and hospital bills and you know my favorite food growing up was pasta and potatoes and you know and i love that now and i didn't realize that's because you know that's what we ate that's what we could afford yeah and it's like so like as a kid i didn't see any of it but like I'm gonna tell you this right now, Deshaun. Like when your children get older, they're gonna see all of it. They will. Oh yeah, my my kids yeah. are my kids. My personally, my kids are old. My my oldest is 25, and my my baby girl is 20, and my son is 17. They're you know, still babies, so, though. You know. Yeah. So I mean, babies. You know, it's um. You know, you just uh. When I was really going. <sighs> Take your time, brother. Yeah, we're good. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, not so. <sighs> yeah, let's just go ahead and kind of like move on from that right okay. there. Um what I wanted to say about, you know, having kids, and this is the one thing that that I've experienced is that, like, for me, I I have this energetic responsibility within my family. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain type right. of energy that I have to bring every day. Right. You know, I right. I have I have all girls. I'm the only man. You know, oh I'm gosh. the only man in the house. You know, so there's a certain like, like when it's when I'm done with you know whatever work I'm doing and and it's family time. There's a certain um, energy that I have mm-hmm. to bring that I, that's expected of me, 
And if I'm not on that, if I'm feeling a certain kind of way, if, if some of my, you know, um, you know, if I'm feeling depressed one day or if, you know, one of my things is social anxiety. That's one of the right. biggest things. Um, I just sometimes don't like to be around people, not necessarily my family, but just people. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want to do it. Yes. Um, and I get, you know, you get that feeling and, and, and whatnot. Um, or I'm just having a bad day and my energy is just not right. Um, right. But, you know, they don't, you know, my kids, you know, my dog got three year old, you know, all she wants to do is run, jump and play video games and just, you know, every, you know, every, every Be day, in everything. Exactly. She's, yeah. You know, she, you know, um, I, I used to do music back in the day and I wrote a song for my oldest daughter. One of the lines was um, depression just isn't on her agenda. And yeah. that's, you know, she, you know. My my little three year old, she doesn't understand that. You know, she wants yeah. daddy. She wants energetic daddy. So I have to be on my game, and and mm-hmm. that can be taxing sometimes because it is a lot, especially on those rough days, on those bad days. Right. Um. So for anyone with kids, you know, uh, that that deal with that, uh, as well, you know, understand that it's that's common. You know what I mean? And to try to find what I try to do is, you know, I step away. I'll take a walk. Sometimes I'll, um, you know, meditate is one of my biggest things, but you know, get yourself in that mode, get your energy up in that mode as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes as a parent, you got to fake it, you know, fake it till you make it. Um, but you know, don't, don't suppress it. Don't hold it in to where one day you just flip out. You know what I'm saying? Like, Talk to somebody, yeah. you know, go to go to uh, Sparkle Mental Health Connection as a platform, whatever it takes, you know, your mm-hmm. video. You talked about how you launched it with your video. How easy is it to pick up your phone? And, uh, I shouldn't say that. Not easy to actually do it, but I'm saying yeah. as far as having the technology in your hand to, to yeah. you know, or, or write it or just write a letter, you know, write something. Or, do something. Yeah. Or do a video and don't don't send it out anywhere. But at least you're you're finding yourself an outlet um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of let that whatever's built up inside you out and, right. and not let it bottle up and explode one day. Mm-hmm. I think that is, it's, I think that's so important too, right? Is like your kids, like they need their parent, right? But they need a healthy one. Yes. Like, and it's like, it's so hard because like, I mean, like I said, like I'm, I'm 27. I have a dog. Like I have a nonprofit that, you know, I play with sometimes and, you know, I have a full-time job and it's like, I just with those things, I have to find balance. Yes. So it's like, I can't imagine throwing in, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for children, children themselves and, you know, dressing those children, clothing, like, you know, all those different things. Yeah. And I'm like, I, yeah, like I don't even eat breakfast during the week. Like I, I can't even, you know what I mean? And it's like. So finding that balance is like your kids deserve a parent that has, you know, I know it's impossible sometimes, but has slept, has, you know, taken a shower, can take care of themselves, like done all those things because those are such small things, right? But they're just so important. Like those moments of finding that peace during the day and like, because like you're, you are a parent. And you, you know, your children, the most important thing to you in the world. But at the same time, like 
you still are allowed to have your own things. Yeah. You're allowed to have your podcast, you know, and your, your business, you yeah. are allowed to have your you time and you're allowed to read your book, like whatever that looks like for you. Like, <clears throat> please don't like your children are not your identity. Like you are allowed to set boundaries. Like I think, and like I said, like, I don't know what it's like to be a parent. I know that is easier said than done. Absolutely. Okay. Right. But like, if you can find five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, whatever it is, like, please just take that time. Yes. Because like your kids are going to remember you taking that time for yourself and knowing that it is okay to take that time for themselves later on. Like, because I saw dad do it. I saw mom do it. Like they, those are like important moments. Like, Hey, you know, little Sally, we're going to take 10 minute <laughs> quiet time and we're going to, you're going to paint or whatever. And I'm going to read my book and you, we are not going to talk to each other. Like, you know, and it is just, like I said, like even for myself, finding that time is so hard. So I can't imagine, you know, throwing in more of the equation, but like, if anyone makes you feel like you don't deserve it, like they're wrong. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Entirely. For sure. Yes. Well, Ashley, um, I want to, I want you to plug everything. I know you got an event coming up, so I want you to talk about that, um, as well as, as well as everything, uh, you and, uh, you and your spental, spental, <laughs> sparkle, mental <laughs> health connection <laughs> have going on. Um, um, a little bit of some love coming in for you, Deshaun, uh, Mimi, uh, sending you some hugs. The queen, Ryan, says she loves you. Love you, Deshaun. And then um, Mimi says, holy fucking feels, Batman. <laughs> um, oh, Ashley. Love y'all back. We got to have you come back. There was, there was, yeah, I, I got like, time. I got like pages of stuff I wanted to ask you, you know, to, to talk about more. But um, look, our show, Your Minds Like Minds podcast, you know, we talk, there's no topic off limits, but we really focus on, you know, spirituality, mindfulness, social issues, and mental health. And this was one of, this is probably the first, maybe yeah, this is actually probably the first podcast that we dedicated the entire one to mental health. Um, and we're so passionate about it as you, as you can tell, um, that we definitely would love to have you back, um, to, to dive even deeper. And to get an update on how you're doing, that's, that's a big thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like an open book. So, you know, anything, nothing is really off limits for Ashley. I'm just like, yeah, here. Right. Here's my, here's my social security number. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we have an event on Saturday, actually, and it's not even an event. It's a virtual event, right, because we're in the age of COVID and staying home. True. Um, so normally every year we have a benefit concert, and this year I did not feel super good about that. Um, or prepared, mostly right. prepared. <laughs> so, the um, truth comes we out. We actually – yeah, truth. There it is. We actually rented out a space in Fort Worth, um, called the Lumen Room, and it's just like a little studio space. We had like a ten-hour block. Um, we had some really amazing local musicians come in and just record some Christmas songs. And my mom is so cute. She reads a little poem by Dr. Maya Angelou. And oh, that's cool. It's gonna be really great, and you can catch it um, on Facebook Live. You can find us on Facebook at Sparkle Mental Health Connection. Um, it's also going to be on Instagram TV, which I don't really know anything about, but uh, <laughs> our director and our production company knows enough. So that's all I need to know. Um, and our Instagram is at sparkle MHC for mental health connection. And you can find me um, at the adventure of Ash 
on Instagram. Um, Sparkle's website is really cool. We have um, all these stories that we've ever shared um, available on our photo series. And it's season, I think season one through five, and it has all the individuals who ever share the mental health experiences with us. Um, and their sweet little photo and it has their story that they write about. Um, so hopefully I think it's really important to note that like, if you feel like you, no one ever has ever been able to relate to you, hopefully you can go on that website and find somebody that you can relate to a little bit. And you know, when somebody shares their story, it gives you permission to share yours. So yeah, I'm, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, donations how can people donate to uh to your Um, to your company so facebook is going to have a live fundraiser this weekend um for the holiday special it'll be like that also you can go to sparkerconversation.org and go to the donation tab and donate any amount of your choosing and like i think it's five dollar increments but yeah so anything helps uh, we operate solely off donations, um, you know, operating fees as far as like websites, domains, all of that to keep everything running and available for the community. But hopefully this next year, everything will clear up just a little bit, just enough for us to have a social distance event. We do like um, spoken word nights. Oh, okay. We have the benefit concerts. Yeah, we have like storytelling afternoons. Um, we're going to start doing mental health hikes stuff like that. Oh, that's so beautiful. that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm so stoked. So now, I can attest. I've been to one of these events and they are legit. They are very and that, great, and very honestly, well put together. I'm trying to be like, that one wasn't that great, but that one wasn't that great. I mean, it was amazing. It was intimate. Like it was perfect, yeah. but we, I loved it, but yeah. we changed plans two days before. Oh, really? We had a, a brand new venue because of the rain. Oh, it was at that coffee shop, right? Zarate it was at or... Zara coffee and oh, okay. they are, amazing they accommodated yeah. us in 24 hours and it was it was wonderful so um but yes come check us out come send us a message you know we would love to provide a platform for you to share your story on so you can help people awesome awesome yeah. well, once That's again, thank you so much uh for for joining thank us you. here thank you. everyone out there listening thank you for all those listening live and anybody on youtube make sure you click that subscribe button in your lower right hand corner Minds Like Minds podcast. We are out of here. Peace, everybody. Peace. Bye, guys.